On today's episode, we cook up some plastic, order a steak, and are video games better than sex? All that more coming up. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Our Science. I'm your host Alan Collier and I'm joined today by Ian Black. Uh, hello there. And Katie Ellsworth. You remembered my name this time. Yeah, you know, it's only been 46 episodes, and if you haven't listened to any of our previous 45 episodes, what we do here is take the top three scientific papers of the last two weeks and break them down, go past the headlines and read them so you don't have to. And boy, there's a lot of reading this week, so you're welcome. But also, I'm saying this because the last podcast I was on, Ian, um, for your context, Alan actually did forget my name at the end of the podcast. What? Alan Collier? Never. No, he just straight up, he just, it wasn't even that, he just was like, who are you? <laughs> Because we do it on the we do it on Discord if Ian's not on it, and so they don't have the names popping up. And without constant name tags for you people, I don't know who you are. Our first article this week comes from the Academic Times. New plant-based plastics can be chemically recycled with near perfect efficiency. The Academic Times is the maker of you can't copy or paste anything from our website, and now they bring you you must have an account in order to read the articles. I didn't so need an account. Neither no, but I. I think because I think maybe you two weren't on the last one with the Academic Times because I was told I I was told that I couldn't I'd used up my free articles so I had to make an account an what account which you can't copy and paste. Yeah, no, like literally, literally you can't. Like you cannot if you try to control C and control V, it does not show up anywhere. Yeah, it won't. It lets me copy, but then it won't let me paste. What the fuck? It's incredible. It's like that's the article we need to be writing about that technology. So do we want to talk about the actual article? Because no, I, have, I have something to say right off the bat. Oh, Go tell me. It. Thank God. Um, I did not, I'm not crazy about this title because it's one of those titles that I feel like is technically correct, but was very misleading for me when I read it. That, that because, sounds like a good reason to build a podcast around the concept of uh, getting rid of clickbait titles. Yeah, uh, no, it is. Um, <laughs> just because when I read this, new plant-based plastics can be chemically recycled with near perfect efficiency. I'm thinking... A plant-based plastic box or bag or, you know, large container um, where everything in it is uh, plant-based plastic. But the actual uh, thing they're talking about are specific, as I understand it, like specific um, breakpoints. Yeah. Well, they made... It is the breakpoints that they made, but the two types of plastic that they talk about that they made are polyethylene and polyester, which is like, you know... A clothing fabric thing so like yeah. it's not like it's not plastic that they're making they did make plastic i just i just i felt misled because i was expecting this to be like oh really really cool we're talking about uh plastic we're, we're getting rid of the old school plastic we're replacing it with this new like biodegradable it's <laughs> it's just a wooden it's just a wooden box <laughs> Everything in the title is cor is correct. No, plant-based plastic is not wood. <laughs> Guys, I've solved it. <laughs> Everything in the title is correct, but there's so much it leaves out. Yeah. And, and as is traditional with one of these, and I mean, this is essentially what the next paper is too. Like, sounds really cool. It's this new breakthrough technology, but there's like so many other things that are going to limit this actually being used anytime soon. The title got me really excited. The article just bummed me the fuck out. That's that's what it's there for. That's what the headline's there for. Yeah. To hype you up and then let you down. Cyberpunk 2077 all <laughs> over again. Let's talk about why this paper did give uh, Ian up and did let him down. Yeah. How about we talk about what it actually is? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's it, it's an alternative it's an alternative to plastic, but it's it's targeting the the fact that plastic essentially can't be recycled. That is the problem it's trying to solve. The current system of recycling plastic involves heating it to uh, really hot temperatures, six hundred degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's a lot of temperatures. Sure, temperature. That's and that takes a lot of energy to do. Shocking. That takes a lot of energy, and you get about 10% of it back. Not really worth it. So plastic's great because it doesn't break down. Like, it's super strong, it's super versatile, but then once you're done with it, it doesn't break down. Yeah, it's great because it doesn't break down, but also, oh god, it's terrible because it doesn't break down. Yeah, it's like, now what? Oh no. Yeah. So this isn't, like, this is purely trying to solve the problem of recycling the plastic. And this new plant, the fact that it's plant-based, honestly, like makes it sound like more environmentally friendly, but it's not. No, it's just the fact that it's derived from plant oils is like, okay. Yeah, it's like, all right, that's nice, fossil I guess. Fuel, <laughs> fossil fuels are also technically plant-based if you go back far enough. It's And it's still like, yeah, the, it's breaking down, but it's not, like my, again, my impression was that we were replacing these kind of uh, polymers with something that was 100% environmentally friendly. And nope, that's not really what we're doing. We're just making those unenvironmentally friendly things break down easier. It makes it more reusable, right? Which because which does, is is good. That is, a, yeah. It's that definitely an improvement upon the current situation. But even if this works perfectly, flawless, and is on the shelves tomorrow, it's, there's still tons of, we still shouldn't be using plastic sort of more than we have to. Plastic is still an environmental problem. It's like not all of a sudden going away. The plastic in the ocean doesn't just disappear. It's just that now we can reuse it a bit. Maybe we're making a little bit less plastic, but there's still, to use a scientific term, a metric shit ton of plastic in the earth. Yeah, so this is not, the, but this is not a solution to help with existing plastics. It's about creating a new plastic that won't cause as many problems down the line, hopefully. Which is good. I mean, yeah. yay. It's nice. It's yeah. It's 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 not a bad thing. No, it breaks it down with much less energy, and it is more successful at actually having it be reclaimable. Um, specifically the polymers. Yeah. So this this would only require temperatures of 120 degrees Celsius if you use a catalyst, and only 150 without the catalyst. So that's you know <laughs> a a low level oven. Yeah. Yeah. I could I can do that. My oven's half broken. Uh, it's a quarter. It's one quarter the previous temperature. Like, I name me any recipe that requires you to turn the oven on to 150 degrees. Sorry, it's 150 degrees Celsius. Yeah, what does that translate to? I oven in Fahrenheit. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fuck ton more in Fahrenheit. I'm thinking in Fahrenheit. Okay, it's 302 Fahrenheit. Okay, that's still lower than, that's lower than the default, because the default most ovens is 350, right? For a maximum? No. No, no, the default. Like, when you turn it on, that's the oh, temperature it oh. defaults to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's, like, that's your standard That's your standard meat cooking. If you have the catalyst, it's only 250. Which yeah. is, like, you're really slow roasting something then. Making shortbread. So it's, yeah, like, it's, and if you can cook, like, it's it's easy to do. Like, it's something that takes some energy, but, you know, there's kitchens all over the country and the world that are... Yeah, but then again, that. that does, however, melt down plastics, which still, though, is doing the same thing of what melting plastics does, meaning I'm assuming there's off-gassing, which is not great, so it's not like we could do this in our ovens. It sounds like you might be a member of the Global Alliance for Incinerator Alternatives. 
Okay, I, which, before we which acronyms into Gaia, which is amazing. I love that. Yeah, I love everything about that title. I love the. I love the acronym is spectacular. Just yeah. everything so about it point. is amazing. Um, <laughs> just the specifics of it too. Yes. That's an alliance for incinerator alternatives. Um, well, yeah, because they had to make it spell Gaia. Yeah, I know, I know, right? It's great. It's one of those things where you pick the acronym first and then uh, make it work. You two talk amongst yourselves while I go to, and I kid you not, www.noburn.org. Is that what their <laughs> that website is? That is their website. That's beautiful. Spe- spectacular. I, I, am, I don't care what they're for. I'm behind them 100%. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like the notion here, though, is to avoid the hazardous chemicals by only breaking down specific points in the plastic, like these breakpoints, as they talked about in the article. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, I think that does make sense, is that they're specifically trying to break it down into a different form of the same thing instead of like actually like chemically changing it. Yeah, yeah um, you're not trying to melt the polymers. You're trying to break the links between the connecting polymer groups, I guess. yeah. So I, I feel like that should be, in theory, better. Well, I don't know enough about I mean, it. You burn wood, you're still releasing. Yeah, even not, like I'm assuming this global alliance for incinerator alternatives is also anti-wood burning. Because well, all burning is not good for the atmosphere when we do so much of it. And to be clear from this article, they're not necessarily against it. They're just postulating that not, they're saying that not enough research has been done and that it could still emit hazardous chemicals potentially like they say may emit so yeah i'm deciding that they're against it based on the fact that their website is noburn.com i mean i think they're against it i just <laughs> i I, th- I think they're against it from the pros from the prospect of we need more research before we'll come out for it if that makes sense at least from yes. from what this paragraph says which could be misleading because well and they don't even say they're like entirely against it they just push back yeah, they they criticize the lack of research and reporting in current chemical recycling technologies and process energy intensive and may admit hazardous chemicals. So that's sort which, of what you guys are talking about. Is one hundred percent accurate? The process, I mean, is energy intensive. It's not as energy intensive as six hundred degrees Celsius, but that's still energy being expended. And um, do we know what the catalyst is? No, I don't think they mention it in this Academic Times article. <laughs> it's like the catalyst is like. <laughs> highly a- active uranium or something yeah. like yeah, i believe it's i believe it's children <laughs> do we get to talk about my favorite topic ever now no we do a banner section now as you would know because we've done 45 of these fucking things i don't remember how anything works um, you should it's the know same this by now. premise every time no okay you don't understand when i had to edit these podcasts i literally had to write down what the structure of the podcast usually was so i could remember it's not complicated it's like one (laughs) banner two three my god it's it's four parts and three those parts are the same what are you talking about and we and we do them in order in in the recording yeah tell you to rearrange anything somebody hired her (laughs) i know i'm getting paid money now yeah I mean, I've got I've got something to say. All right, go, Ian. Tell us all got, about it. I got pants today. Oh wow! Okay. I got new pants. I don't give a shit. Oh, oh, actually, I do. Care yeah, about you this. should give a shit, Alan, because now you won't have to look at my ass cheeks every time we go play frisbee. I'm That's sorry. True. What? <laughs> my old pants have like mass. I wear my pants until they're they can no longer legally be called pants anymore, and now okay. they're just holes with string. <laughs> um, 
Did your pants become assless chaps? <laughs> they yeah. were. I was getting there. Oh. Yeah, I had one ass, one one pant with with just like the you entire right ass. right ass cheek exposed. Did you see um, one pant? One one pantaloon. The other the other pant with uh. Well, it's weird to say I had one pants. You had one pair of pants. <laughs> Which each leg is a pant, and then together they're a pair of pants. Why do we? Why? Why though? Do, does anyone ever use them in the individual? Like why? Why don't we just call them all one? Like both of the the, the pair of pants, one pant. There's a ling- There's a linguistic reason for that. I'm sure. That's silly. You anyway. saying I have one pant with a hole in it just triggered my brain as like something's wrong well to be fair to be fair i i did only have it was only on the one side so it would have been okay. just the one pant all right okay one pant. the other the other the left hand side of the of the pants were were perfect gonna be honest nobody was looking at the left side of the pants no it's just and then and then my other pair of jeans had uh a, a similar hole but much lower and more in um the groin area and and our our the friends group that we have that is is in Sudbury where most of us all the important people live. Hey, I used to live there. Have we ever talked about that? How Katie has spent all of her life in Sudbury, and then all of her friends moved to Sudbury, and she goes to Guelph. Because I love that story. <laughs> I think we I think we bring it up every time she's on this podcast. I Do think we? It comes up every time you talk about stuff about. It Sudbury. does sound very similar. Yeah, I think we've definitely discussed it. Well, we've definitely talked about it in real life. I don't know yeah. if the uh, the audience at home is at the pleasure of witnessing oh. Katie's pain. Okay, <laughs> but can we go back to the pants thing? Yes, I, we're not done talking about. My I wanted thing. to give you a quick. I wanted to give you a quick Google uh, update in that the reason why pants is plural is because. Uh, in their inception, they used to be two separate garments. You put one leg on as a separate thing, and then the other leg is a separate thing. So when you put both of them on, it was pants. Is that why the saying is, I put my pants on one leg at a time? Quite possibly. More hard-hitting <laughs> information only our science can provide. Our second article today comes from the Journal of Nature. Lab-grown meat now mimics muscle fibers like those found in steak. Uh, this kind of comes from the Journal of Nature, and it kind of comes from the New Scientist, because I got about a paragraph into this, and I said, oh, I don't want to read this entire thing without getting some kind of article about it as well. So I went and Googled it and found a New Scientist article that talks about the same study. But originally, we just got the paper. Are we talking about my, my favorite thing now? Uh, well, the first... Yeah, I mean, my first issue with the and I, this isn't okay. So this is in the ju- the Journal of Nature. Nature is like one of the two big, big prestigious journals. I'm sure, we've discussed this before. Well, this is isn't this in if this isn't a Nature Partner or Nature Portfolio Journal, which is not actually Nature. It's in okay, but it's under the, the you're right, but it's under the title yeah. of Nature. So yes. I mean, it's still like it's in the journal Science of Food. Good for it. Its target audience is not us. Its target audience is people in the field, but boy, they don't define any of their terms at the beginning. <laughs> well, I mean, I, to be fair, I didn't need anything defined. I did not yeah. know what a myotube was. Yeah, well, neither did I, because uh, did you not take intro bio? I don't remember. I did a, my, my undergrad was environmental be, science. That's fair. That's fair. fair. Yeah, because I just, for this, all of this was just flashbacks to my human physiology class so what the hell is, everything was just my it was myotubes myoblasts my that's, that's all muscle is is something yeah. with a- myo yeah anyways okay Myocyte. now that we've finished telling alan he's dumb yeah, well, yeah what we're saying is that alan needed help the rest of us didn't no well i and 90 percent of the population needed help so i went to go to the new scientist 
and I enjoyed the New Scientist. Well, I actually enjoyed this. Uh, this is the most I've ever read, or not ever, but this is the most like thoroughly read article we've had on this in a while that I've been on. But it's also definitely the most I've ever read the same four-word sentence structured thing in one. Fu- Why did they not give it an acronym? I don't know. That is very bizarre. It, that was what I, I was stuck on. The part where I yeah. read it three times in one sentence, I was like, guys, can you just short, like your sentence is, is 90% just this phrase that could have been an acronym. I mean, there were no vowels in it. So maybe they just didn't want to be. It could have been Mifkum all over again. Yeah, I, mean, I miss Mifkum. Yeah. Would you like to tell the audience at home what the four or five word sentence it is? Yes. Millimeter thick bovine muscle tissue. And how many times does this five-word sentence appear in the paper? Thirty-five. That's a lot. Yes, in one set, in one situation, it appears twice in one sentence, only separated by the word "a." That's impressive. I know. <laughs> it's like creative writing, except not creative and barely writing. No. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like a game of Where's Waldo, just finding all of them. Yeah, I. There's one. Command F. Well, yeah, if you want to cheat. I yeah. cheat. I was gonna say, I'd really do it the link. The point, the point of a Where's Waldo is it is it to scan it into the computer and have the computer look. No, but do you, does anybody want to talk about what they're doing or do? Yeah, just... I would love to. I think this one was super super interesting. So the idea is is that um, meat is problematic for the environment, and also the demand for meat is rapidly outstripping the ability to produce meat sustainably uh so lab-grown meat that's gonna be a thing just listen to the last article we didn't replace plastic with meat yeah except for don't um no no do it be fine because this it. is more interesting uh anyways they they've been able to successfully like lab grow meat tissue but the problem is is that that's all like weirdly unstructured and they can only use it for like mints or ground meat or things like that they uh, apparently, according to the scientist or whatever it was, the article that you linked us to, there new, was scientist. new scientist, new all the time. It's only a three letter word. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> apparently, they served a hamburger made out of lab grown ground beef at a press conference in like two thousand and thirteen. I don't know. One yeah, thirteen. Yeah. And so that was interesting. Anyways, long story short, they want to try and start making steak or like pork chops or any sort of like structured like. It feels like real meat texture. And in order to do that, you have to convince the lab-grown muscle cells to grow in a way that natural that mimics natural muscle. And so that's what this whole article is about, is how they slowly got um, millimeter-thick bovine muscle tissues to grow in striated like layers that align with each other so that it mimics actual natural tissue. Yeah, they're trying to make the grain that you see in, like, steaks. Yeah. And I, I gotta say, I'm with Katie on this. I thought this was super cool. This was a situation of, like, something I'd never even thought of being yeah. an issue. Is like, wait, in order for steak to taste right and to have the right texture and for to really sell, they, they really do have to actually make a functional muscle. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. The thing that like really got me into this was the fact that growing the muscle cells, uh, it does it better when they stimulate it with electricity because that makes it grow better because that's exactly how muscles in our body work. We stimulate it with electricity to make the muscles move and that's how they grow bigger. Which makes sense when you think about it, but it's just like... Yeah, I loved it. I was super happy to read about this. So kids, if you want to grow strong, take a fork, take an outlet. <laughs> that's That's actually how they... Not that method obviously but they do they do use electrical stimulation when you're getting physiotherapy yeah 
My dad has one of those machines to use at home. I had to, I had to get it done when my uh, got my cast off from my broken leg because because all the muscles had atrophied, right? So they people are out there jogging, lifting weights like idiots when there's perfectly good outlets all around us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um... The AC stands for abs current. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so I, I love the concept of lab-grown meat. I mean, this is obviously uh, would be huge. Well, okay. I love the concept of lab-grown meat because meat's got its issues with both the environmental impact of meat. Meat is super environmentally bad to especially produce. Beef. Especially beef. Beef is by far the worst. Yeah, but I, I think we should be clear. It's not environmentally bad. Like, like a chopped up slab of steak isn't what's bad. It's all the cows... Being burping. raised and farting, and, and yeah. all the all the resources, the water, the, yeah, the water and the resources that goes into feeding the cows and all of that. There's a ridiculous amount of energy and resource that goes yeah. into making a cow. It's it's the cow that's the problem. Not once you get it down to the steak part, that's not what's bad for the environment. When when you get rid of like the shipping issues, obviously, yeah, you're but ship it across country. This. Yeah. So if we could grow the meat without having to, uh, you know, have a whole cow involved, then wow, that would be so much better. Also, uh, a lot less wasteful. Think of all the parts of the cow that don't get used. I mean, there's dog food. It does go like a lot of it does. A get lot used. of it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's there's not, chicken McNuggets. But you can just as, target specifically what you need. Yeah, like the then, specific parts. Yeah, oh. that would be super great. I will. I like the. I enjoy the social debate around this topic. Um, because the pushback, the people who don't want to eat lab-grown meat are not the people you'd expect to not want to eat the lab-grown meat. It's like the environmentalist who thinks it's weird and, and icky. I did my undergrad in environmental science. We talked about this, and there was a bunch of people in my class, a class predominantly a bunch of like new-age hippies who didn't want anything to do with lab-grown meat, and it was really weird. Because people think it's unnatural. Yeah, it conflicts with the concept of, of natural, which is not true. They're not taking a bunch of plastics and putting them together, and meat appears like it's some weird breath of the wild cooking experience it's they're taking all the natural stuff that's in meat anyway and putting it together artificially and by artificially i mean not in a womb yeah it's not being grown on a bone on a limb on a living breathing animal uh that's a good dr seuss book (laughs) vegetarians whether vegetarians go for this uh that was actually another thing that they addressed in this article after i read this whole article uh was that um they are actually looking at potentially being able to grow it without using animal serum or bovine serum which is the stuff that actually comes straight from the animal um so then it would be technically be able to be created without any animals involved once they got past that initial like cell culture so so i think and i'm not a vegetarian but i, I my experience is generally there's there's a lot of different reasons why people become vegetarians. I think there's a large group of people who like physically become ill from eating certain foods. And so that's that drives their their food direction. I don't think this is going to affect them. I think there's a large group of people like myself who limit the amount of meat they eat because purely environmental reasons. My my only re- the only reason I don't buy steak aside from the fact that I can't afford it because I don't have a job, is because I'm aware that beef is really bad for the environment. So I feel like those people would be 100% in on this. On board. Yep. I feel like the ethical the people who are against it for ethical reasons, if they can get rid of the bovine serum, they would also be on board with this. So I, I do think you'd win some vegetarians. I don't think you'd win all vegetarians because I think there are some people that are just like, no, meat's bad for you. Yep, some Even people don't want it because it's bad for you, and some people don't want it because they don't like it. It's not that saying that meat is bad for you is an oversimplification of 
Yes. But what meat but that's is not what we're talking you, about right now. Yeah. Alan, what was it that you wanted to talk about? No, I just want to talk about the vegetarian stuff. It's basically you covered most of it, and I have moved on. Okay. Our third article of the day comes from the American Sociological Association. Casual sex among young adults has declined due to decline in drinking, an increase in computer gaming, and more young adults living with their parents. I did read that right for the record. Has declined due to decline. <laughs> I, I love everything about this article. <laughs> okay, so the, the, the literal title of this article is Why Are Fewer Young Adults Having Casual Sex? And then the rest of the paper is them very officially and professionally and scientifically saying, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have lots of theories, but we don't know. Yeah, that's, yep. Uh, however, I did read quite a few choice sentences out loud to my housemates because I was like, guys, you have to hear this b- groundbreaking statement. I, yeah, I think this is a, this is a bold, an important, but bold area of research because, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people may or may not be having sex and they can be very individual and they can be very, they can be, yeah, they can be very, uh, like, for example, there's probably a lot less casual sex now because of covid <laughs> yes but this was from 2007 to 2017 yeah idiot i know i know but i'm I, but what, I, what i'm saying is that there's <sighs> there, well I, i'm aware of that what i'm saying is that there are a lot of possible reasons that could be environmental it could be temporal it could be like the generation it could be and then there's all the individual reasons i think this is a very um brave study <laughs> Was my, I, was like, my first well, because it's one of those studies where they've they've got the raw data, and people aged eighteen to twenty four. Twenty three. No. Twenty four. Look. Why do they have that? Oh, it's eighteen to twenty three in the abstract because that's what they actually studied. But then, okay. The amount of people who weren't having casual sex between the age of 18 and 24 increased from 18.9% to 30.9%, which is a decent increase, from 2000 to 2002, and then upwards to 2016, 2018, so eight year, no, what? Six, 16 year difference, wow, that's long. So over those 16 years, like a good 12% less people were having sex. Yeah. Casual sex, I should say. Yeah, and, and they do clarify that, that it's not... They're, they're, they excluded people who were like married or who had who were common law or who were living with a romantic partner. Uh, it was all single people having casual sex is what they're talking about here. And there's a variety of reasons, uh, mostly that we're all antisocial and don't like people. Mostly, mostly that video games have been getting so much better lately is the problem. Yes, <laughs> that's the thing is that's the reason this got upvoted so much on Reddit is because yes. it's blaming video games on having less sex and everyone on Reddit was like, but that's me. And I mean, it's not. It's saying it's one of the things. It's funny that that's something they've targeted. Yeah, it is funny. But also that's only for among men. Video and games. And also, also, everyone's living at home. We have no money. Uh... It is so much better stuff to do inside now on your own with computers and I television. Just, I could just boot up Mass Effect and have a fuck ton of sex in that. It's yeah. <laughs> behind closed doors, it's not the same. Oh, and we all drink less because, again, we have no money. Yeah. I think it's. I thought it was really funny because they were just like, yes, yeah, so we've done this study on people who are 18 to 23 years old. And this is the time period. And I've realized that I'm pretty sure all three of us were... Uh, eighteen to twenty-three within those age ranges, unless Ian's. Wait, like, what, was, what were the years? Uh, is this during? 
2007 to 2017. So when I was 15 to 25. Yeah, yeah, that would have been my first master's degree. I was I was not having a lot of sex. <laughs> I'd like to know I'd like to know the questionnaire that they gave over this because I'd imagine it being like are you having casual sex? No, would you like to? Yes. I mean, also yeah. the questionnaire Ian, not Ian, Alan, the questionnaire Alan. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, right. I was looking at Ian while I was saying it. A panel study of income dynamics transition into adulthood supplement, also known as the PSID-TAS. What the hell are you talking about? That's where they got their data from. Oh, okay. Why couldn't they make the abbreviation the word penis? They, they, they were started strong <laughs> with the P. It's true. It's because the PSID already existed before they started to tack on the transition into adulthood supplement, a.k.a. the TAS. I, I meant the original people coming up with that first questionnaire. The PSID? <laughs> not not related to the sex study. They're just like, you should make this acronym the word penis. Well, they, and fun. this is one of those studies where it's like, we've, we've told you what the raw data is. That was the study. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they're like, here are some hypothetical reasons why. Well, and they didn't know. There, there is more data. We could give you like the differences in how like uh, somehow more people are employed 10 years later, but they're making less. <laughs> Which is interesting. Uh, yeah, with the women. it's because uh, capitalism, uh, late stage capitalist hellscape, uh, we're all broken. Uh, the world is doomed. Yeah, that. And like we could, I could give you the individual numbers, but I mean, just it's all the things you think. Earnings going down, debt loads going up. Uh, more people are living with their parents. That was a big one. Yeah, hard to have hard to have sex when your parents are upstairs. But not. Unless you're in Alabama. <laughs> then it's easier. Yeah. I also did think it was interesting that they specifically noted that it was harder for uh, young women living at home to have sex than it was for young men living at home to have sex because parents pay more attention. Or here, what is it? Parents may especially inhibit young women's propensity in to engage in casual sexual encounters as parents appear to more closely monitor the behavior of their co-resident young adult daughters. They glass to the, to the door. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm I'm of two minds on this. I'm of two minds of this because on the one hand, there's the the very real concern of, uh, you know, abuse and sexual harassment and and other such uh, things that you know a parent might be rightly worried about. Um, but then on the other hand, it's like, man, let your daughter bone if she wants. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, I I grew up with a younger brother, and I know that, like, my parents were way more comfortable with him having his girlfriend over than they ever were with me having my boyfriend over. Yeah, that I'm not, that I'm not, I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm worried because our society is very geared against women. You might be. This is specifically about the encounters happening but, under but their having, roof. Have, yeah, having, having, having a boyfriend come over, let him, or girlfriend come over, let them, let them come over. Uh, I like I like in this article they don't even really come down on the side whether this is even bad or not. There's like it's a thing that's happening. There's some pluses, there's some negatives. Call it a day. I don't I don't think they I don't think they need to. I think I think they're they're yeah I think this is a great call to just be like hey, hey look at this yeah we've established a trend. We don't know why it's <laughs> happening. We don't know whether it's good or bad. We'll take our journal now. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of losers living in their parents' basement who can't get laid. <laughs> yeah, Check it out. and I mean realistically, <laughs> we're not giving anyone money. And now everyone's dying alone. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. If you'd like to have casual sex with us, you can't because we're on Twitter all the time. And you should check us out at Our Science Pod on Twitter. That's O U R Science Pod on Twitter. Nice.
What a segue. Uh, if you'd like to read the articles for these papers, if what? If you'd like to read what we just talked, if you'd like to read about what we just talked about, then you all the links are in the description. No, we're leaving it all in. Okay. We're leaving it all. Check the description for all of the things. Wow. Um, yeah. We're doing all the things. Too. Literally yeah. all things. As always, wherever you listen to us, like, comment, follow, do whatever it is you need to do on whatever website, whatever they name it. I don't know, just smash those buttons, stall them. Uh, for Katie and Ian, I was your host, Alan Collier, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Good night and good luck. Okay. We're going to get sued for that. <laughs> <laughs>